Gang, on this episode of On The Mark, we got Frankie Pace. We're going to be picking his brain on his entire career in comedy, where frankly he was rubbing elbows with all the greats. And he's got a lot of stories to tell because of that. He's a funny guy. He's a neighborhood Italian guy from the Bronx, born in Italy, but simply had a great career. And I really think you guys are going to like what he uh, brings to the table. All that and more on this episode of On The Mark. Benny, get this shit jumping. VIP listeners, on today's show, we got another stand-up comedian, Frankie Pace. Guy's been around for a very long time. He's had a career where he's worked alongside many of the greats, from Eddie Murphy to Steve Martin, Martin Short, Chevy Chase, Joan Rivers, a very long list. He's carved out a legacy of his own. He was doing shows in the 80s with the great Eddie Murphy. And Benny, to share the stage with a guy like Eddie Murphy, that's pretty damn special. Very excited to see what this guy has to say tonight, Marky. I couldn't be any more thrilled to have such a legendary stand-up comedian with such a long history in the business be on this show. Sure. I mean, look, he was on Saturday Night Live. He was on The Cosby Show. He was on The Joan Rivers Show. He was even in The Sopranos. Guy was born in Italy. I'm assuming grew up in New York. So he's a local guy for the most part. And he's had a career in entertainment where he's kept himself in the loop for a very long time. And he's highly thought of from a lot of other brilliant comics. Yeah, I'd imagine that the guy's a little bit cocky with the career that he's been able to carve out for himself and been able to withstand in this business that, like the NFL or any other sport like that, the careers really aren't that long usually. So for him to last decades is really a milestone, Marky. I totally agree. And just the things he must have seen at these shows backstage in New York during the 70s and the 80s. I mean, you know, the Belushis of the world. That New York comic party scene was very wild. We're going to have to ask him about that. I mean, he was around in the heyday especially. So the names that he must have partied with and hung out with, oh, it's going to be exciting, Marky, to hear those stories. And of course, you know, a lifelong fantasy of mine, I would have loved to have been a character in The Sopranos. Well, he wouldn't have been? And he actually got to do it and live it. I think it was season three. But guys, if you're not familiar with Frankie, if that background information didn't help enough, he, when he gets on stage, he's like a prop comic. He'll have a a prop or two or or three, and he'll just do the wackiest shit with it. And uh, he just, he'll make the most simple prop funny. And he's very diverse. And... He's really a legend to people who are familiar with the scene, Ben. That's a skill set as those prop comics have that I've always appreciated, man. Because it's one thing just to get on stage and tell essentially the same jokes word for word that you know hit. But to in order to incorporate a prop that you know everybody's going to enjoy and find funny and appreciate what you're trying to get through, that's another level of comedy, man. It is, and it takes a, um, a higher cerebral mind state. 
you got to be smart to pull that stuff off. Yeah, because he's turning probably normal, everyday objects, inanimate objects, into exactly. a prop that everybody can now envision as whatever he's trying to get through. Right, and, and he's using this simple prop as all different kinds of things. Yeah. Uh, it's a great shtick. Uh, of course, you catch it on YouTube. You catch it all over the place, FrankiePace.com. But when we get back, gang, we got the guy, Frankie Pace. Live on the mark. Ladies and gentlemen, we now have comedic legend, the great Frankie Pace. You are now on the mark. Frankie, thank you for joining us. How you doing, man? Legend, huh? <laughs> <laughs> what, in my mind? What are you talking about? No, you've been around for a long time. With I'm just old. No, don't say that, Frank. <laughs> I'm old, honey. I'm a legend in my mind. Hey, hey I'm... I'm playing craps by myself. Come on, seven, seven, seven. I don't know. Yeah, I guess I'm. <laughs> that's, uh, that's some good. Hey, look. Yeah, you, you still were doing, wacky. Doing shows with Eddie Murphy. I mean, that's pretty legendary, right there. Yeah, I, well, we started out together at the White House Inn in in, uh, in Long Island. It was me, Eddie Murphy, Bob Nelson, Jackie Martling, Rob Bartlett, who's on I Miss in the Morning. Mm-hmm. Um. Which is going to go off the air pretty soon. Yes, I heard about uh, that. And uh, there's Dave Horton, Bobby Woods, and Jimmy Myers, who was, played Klaus Myers. Uh, there's a bunch of us, and we all started. Rosie came in. Rosie O'Don- O'Donnell came in later. Oh, boy. And uh, used to get people come in like, uh, you know, Ray Romano would pop in later on, and Jerry Seinfeld and all these guys. And I heard we, you, we... Uh, you did a great Ray Romano impression. Which I uh, found hilarious. Yeah, I thought so too. Thank you. <laughs> it's uh, me, Raymond. Uh, you know, I hated this show. I really did because I, I, I can I curse here? Of course, Frankie. We're, oh, we, I, we I, want you to. I, I hated this show because I could never get fucking laid. How, <laughs> did, how did I get two kids? I never got laid. Not even a blowjob, for God's sakes. A handjob <laughs> under the fucking sheets. Nothing. <laughs> Hey, That's right, Raymond. I got everything. I got it all. Ah, shut up. Is that the great Brad Garrett? Yeah, Brad Garrett. He was phenomenal, Brad. Yeah, he's he got did the, a great uh, Jackie Gleason, man. I don't know if you ever saw that. I actually he's... did. He's got the comedy club in Vegas, right? Yeah, he's got a club there. Very interesting. Now, let me let me go back to the beginning here. Uh, Frank, you were born in Italy, right? Where, 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 yes, where, I was. Whereabouts? I love having uh, a fellow Paisan on the show. My mother was from Trieste. My father was from Catania. I was conceived. Uh, I was an accident. 
mm-hmm. in Milan, and then they went to uh, they went to uh, Sicily to baptize me, and then they came here. I was about a year and a half old, and we lived in the Bronx in a cold water flat, which meant the toilet was in the hallway. Very nice. That's the old days, the good old days. I you went know? to school in the Bronx, Frankie. Where'd you go? Uh, Manhattan College. Oh, smarty pants, huh? Well, I hear you're a very smart guy yourself. Yeah, I'm okay. I went to uh, <clears throat> Columbus High School, then I went to Juilliard for two weeks, and then I realized I didn't <laughs> want to weeks. play the trumpet. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to play the trumpet because the chicks were hotter at Columbus. Right. So I went back to Columbus High School, you know. Very nice. Now, yeah. Now, do you consider yourself Sicilian? What do you consider yourself? <clears throat> I don't know. My mother's, my mother's from Trieste, which is near Austria. Right. So I got a little bit of French in me and some other crap. I don't know what, you know, I'm all mixed up. We're going but, through uh, your whole lineage there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I prob- I'm probably Irish and I wear a kilt. <laughs> I hey, to tell you, you know, it's cold in the morning. My balls are freezing. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a lot of Irish around where I went in the Riverdale section of the Bronx. There was a ton oh, of Irish yeah. people. That and, was big up there one time. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, what was it? What was Eddie Murphy like? Like off the stage when you would talk with him or whatever. Eddie, uh, Eddie was really kind of stoic. Interesting. You know, he was really like not really too much into people. He was more about Eddie. Right. He, this kid knew what he wanted when he was sixteen. Mm-hmm. You know, he just knew what he wanted to be, and uh, I would watch him on stage, and it wasn't that funny, but there was a presence. I said, "This kid's got something." That's, you know, going to get him somewhere. And the ironic part is my friend Charlie Barnett, who was in DC Cab. He played Tyrone in a movie, DC Cab. Mm -hmm. Charlie was a funny son of a bitch, man. He's the one that really got me interested in comedy. And uh, Charlie got picked up for Saturday Night Live, but he couldn't read. So they had to let him go. And then they decided to go with Eddie. Eddie wasn't the first pick. It was Charlie Barnett. Wow. Now you had a stint on Saturday Night Live, did you? On an episode in the yeah, what, I was the uh, 80s? I was the guest host comedian. Okay. Yeah, 1984. Holy shit! Man, <laughs> man. And what was that and, experience uh, like? Uh, it was wild because it, I went through a lot of anguish and pain. What happened was, uh, they needed a warm-up comic to go on because Eddie was doing 48 hours at the time. Yeah, great. So movie. he was doing a bunch of shows in one week. As opposed to one show a week, I think he was going to do two or three shows in one week, right. so we can go out and make this movie. And they needed, they thought it would be a great idea to put comics in between the audience when they were doing stuff to keep the audience going. But the comics that they had were stand-ups, and they just weren't doing well, so they they decided not to to do it. And I was the third one, so they kind of canceled me. But Eddie saw me. And he said, what are you doing here? I said, well, I was supposed to do the warm-ups, but I guess they got tired of the first two acts or whatever. And uh, he said, oh, man, okay. Never said anything. All of a sudden, Dick Ebersole comes out and says, uh, Eddie says, you're very funny. He says, maybe I should come down and see you in a club. We could put you on as a guest spot, you know? Yeah. So I went to I went to Catch a Rising Star. Bill Maher was the MC at the time, you know? Okay. Mr. Mr. Personality. Yeah, HBO's Bill Maher. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so uh, he needs to have your uh, former friend Rosie O'Donnell on. They could have a good talk together. <laughs> they have some similar interests, right? Yeah, yeah, get Joy Behar in there while you're at it. We'll throw in Joy and Whoopi. Uh, they'll hit it off all night. That'll be the longest HBO talk show you ever saw. 
Anyway, to make a long story short, I, I went through a, a, a really wild process of uh, trying to get on the show. He came down and saw me and he said, you, you, you're doing 20 minutes. I, I only need five. So work on the five minutes. And I did for like about two months. And uh, finally, after two months, uh, and I, you know, talking to Robin, because Robin was going to do the show. So I said, you know, Robin Williams. I mm -hmm. said, Robin. If you're going to do the show, tell, tell Ebersole I'm ready to go. I can't get anybody on the phone. I don't know what's going on. Here. What was uh, Robin and Williams like? He was cool. Okay, cool. He was yeah. great. He was fun. We we did improvs together on stage. We would do two sperm swimming upstream, you know. <laughs> what do you want to be? I don't know. But I got this funny feeling. My breasts feel, they feel funny. You know, we would do shit like that, you yeah. know. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I, I don't know if he talked to Ebersole, but the, then I got a call to... Uh, they were going to come down and see me again. And then, uh, so meanwhile, the, the club got wind of what was going on and they put on like 15 acts in front of me. But, uh, luckily I, I had the five minutes so solid. I was doing it for months and everybody else was so nervous. They were all like slightly bombing, you know, when you're yeah. really nervous, you can't get on you. I just went up there and kicked ass and, yeah. uh, and he just said, oh, we're going to do the show in another month. I'll tell so, you what, I, I like, when I was watching your stuff, I liked how you commanded the stage, man. Like, nothing really seemed to phase you. You were running the show. You were in yeah, charge up yeah. there. You didn't get influenced yeah. by crowd's reaction. It maybe no. one thing didn't go over as strongly as you wanted. You were on to the next, and that went over yeah. well. You like know, the I, horns, those horns, when they fell off my head, that was... That yeah. wasn't planned. <laughs> yeah, and then you turned, what, you went from a rhino to a unicorn, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> and, that, and that was funny, man. I enjoyed that. It's not easy to make random props like that funny. And, I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, where, that, yeah. where did you develop that talent? Did you have a crazy uncle or a grandfather? No, no. Uh, I was I was, I was, was bombing at the, the White House Inn as a stand-up. I was bombing so bad. I, I went for, like, two months every Sunday and would bomb. It just You right. could hear crickets, you know. And I told my wife, I said, look, this is the last week. If I if I don't come with something, I'm I'm gonna go back to the plumbing and the hell with this, you know. Right. And my daughter had left her little cap in the car, and it's a it's an open face, you know, like a, a skull cap that they wear over their faces sure, yeah, to keep yeah. them warm, you know, little yeah. kids. So. so I put it in my pocket, and I'm doing my act again. And somebody goes, hey, what's that in your pocket? And I put it over my head. And it was an open face, and I go, it's a Polish bank robber. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the place is wrong, and I said, holy shit, I found out where I belong, you know. We don't get many Polak jokes anymore. Yeah. They, they went by the way, so that, that's good stuff, man. Yeah, then I went and got turla, a roll of turtle paper, and I, I would pull a line down in front of my face and go, I don't know, officer, I was just laying in the highway, you know, and <laughs> stuff like that. And, that's good, and man. All this crazy stuff started coming to me, like a piece of wire. I was doing a bunch of things with a piece of wire. I saw uh, that. And yeah, I won ten thousand dollars in America's Funniest People with that wire. That's awesome. Yeah, what was it? The uh, the Italian mustache or something you were using? Yeah, you? Louise, did you cook this spaghetti? Yeah, oh yeah, that, that it was the al that must have been al dente, yeah. huh? Yeah, yeah. Now, so, let, me, you know. let me ask you a question. Another mm. famous person that you dealt with, Joan Rivers. What was it like being yeah. on her show? I mean, she's an icon. Um, they saw my tape. The producer saw my tape, and he said, you know, it's a little off-colored, but we like that, and we, we want you, Joan wants you on the show. So I went and did the show, 
And I didn't bring my suitcase out. I put everything in my jacket and I hid everything in my back of my pants. The wire was in my pocket. I had everything hidden. You know? uh, if you did, I that, started pulling if you did all that today, out. you'd be interrogated by the CIA. Oh, yeah. They think stuff. I was a transgender nut job or something. <laughs> transgender terrorist. <laughs> I'm a terrorist. Get out of my way, goddammit. I'm going to blow something up. <laughs> so, um, so I did the show and she loved it. And then I, I did my... Uh, uh, Cable TV routine, you know. Cable TV has all the shows you want to see for twenty nine ninety five. Shows like Rocky, Adrian, you know. Rocky Two, Adrian, you know. Rambo, Adrian. So I was doing that, and they were laughing and having a good time. And uh, she really enjoyed it. And she told me, she said, she's going to get ready for five more shows." Then she had a her husband had a fight with the company, something about producing, and then she got mad. He quit, and she quit. Oh my god! So so that went out the window, what, you know. What was she like off camera, off the show? She was very nice, very yeah. sweet. Is she from New York too, right? I think so. Yeah. 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 Let me. Uh... She had a tough. She had a tough time, you know. She sure. used to, she used to carry a big typewriter with her. Really. <laughs> Drag a fucking typewriter what, around for with note taking, like for shows. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah, yeah. You know, she was back. She's back in like the fifties. Well, I, I mean, saying, but I mean, they they had pen and paper. I carry. Yeah, around but pen she and would paper. type everything out. Yeah. She brought a typewriter. With, I don't yeah. know. That's I read her book. That's what was kind of. Yeah, that is. That's the, it, that's an interesting little piece of yeah. info about Joan. Now, yeah. what's uh, in in the eighties? The New York party scene. I know a lot of these. Comics were known for their part, the Belushi's of the world, even going back to Eddie Murphy. What was that New York comedy party scene like in the 80s? I'm sure you saw some crazy shit, Frank. Oh, uh, yeah, I seen, you know, a lot. There was a lot of guys doing drugs and a lot and, of cocaine. And, yeah, a lot of coke. And I, stay, I stayed away from all of that. I wouldn't. Only one night, my friend Lloyd was the bass player at Catch a Rising Star. Catch a Rising Star would have a trio up there because they would use a singer and a comic. A singer in a comic, a singer in a comic. Right. So they had a trio up there, and the guys were really good. It was not a big stage, but it was kind of classy in its own, yeah. you know, uh, it's you know, old school, bohemian of. way, I guess. You know. Okay. So uh, you know, I've, he would go to me, Lloyd would go, "Hey man, I never seen you high, man." <laughs> I says, "Lloyd, you know, I really don't want to, you know, do it. Just for me, man, tonight, man, just smoke this, man. I want to see what you do on stage when you're high, man." Okay. I says, I says, no, I don't, I don't. So I finally break down and go, all right, give me the fucking joint. Man. <laughs> I take about three pork, you know, pokes. And I said, what is this Korean shit? What is this? And I'm smoking. All of a sudden, I'm getting whacked, right? Yeah. And I went up on the stage. I was so fucked up. I walked up on the stage. <laughs> I would take the prop out of the case, look at it, laugh at it, and then put it back in the case. <laughs> The place was going nuts because they never saw anybody this crazy, you know. Yeah. I picked up a mic stand and I went and stared this black guy and I said, welcome to Uganda. You know, I was doing crazy <laughs> shit, man. And Lloyd came off. When I got off the stage, I almost fell off the stage. Lloyd got my suitcase and brought everything out. Because, man, that was so fucking funny, man. I says, I'll tell you what, I hope you enjoy it because you'll never see that again. I just... <laughs> had no control i didn't know what the fuck i was doing but everybody was roaring laughing at rest i was saying shit i never said in my life well know? that's a beautiful thing and that's all that matters you got the big time reaction that's a memorable night right there that's why we're talking yeah, about but it right the, now yeah but to get high like that all the time it was not uh, me you know no, I, some I, guys I, would drink wine and stuff to get a little buzz to get up there i just went up there and got high from being crazy you know yeah yeah i was out in la uh, over the summer 
and I was surprised to see. I was at that Upright Citizens uh, comedy improv show. Yeah, but Upright Citizens Brigade. Yeah. Yeah, and I was surprised to see the, the three comics that were up there doing their thing. They uh, they were all drinking beers while doing the show. I kind of found well. that interesting. <laughs> I mean, I, I, That's a great I, job. <laughs> I totally understand it. I totally respect it. I mean, when I do this, I don't like to drink, but you need to loosen up somehow, some way. You know, some guys need that. So I had the ability to automatically loosen up by being crazy. How did, I'm, is that how you, you see the way I'm talking now? I wouldn't be like that on stage. I would be totally this character. Right. I became this Frankie Pace crazy character. Like Lenny Schultz was a. I learned from Lenny Schultz. Lenny Schultz was, I don't know if you know him or not, but he was very big at one time. He was a bionic chicken. He would do shit and go, it's time to swim. And he would jump in the audience and swim under the chairs and stuff. You know, right. like it was totally insane. He put jelly all over himself. He put false teeth on and he'd splash water over everybody. And it was, that's where uh, Gallagher got his idea from being, you know, sloppy with the audience and letting them wear, uh, you know, umbrellas and shit, you know. <laughs> So that was That's, your mentor, Lenny. Lenny. Lenny yeah. was your mentor. Yeah, Lenny was my mentor. Bob Nelson learned from him. Uh, Ga uh, Gallagher learned from him. What about a Carrot Top? Okay, what do you think of Carrot Top? I think he's I a think he's job. starting to look like a woman. Yeah, that too. <laughs> he's transitioning. He gorgeous. Yes. He's gorgeous. He's stunning. He's stunning. I don't know what the fuck is wrong with him, but yeah, right, right, but, right. But uh, he's making money, man. No you know, doubt. He's, he's out in Vegas, I guess. Yeah. Um, I always tell comedians now, you know, when you see my mistake was, I always tell them, he says, if you're going to go into business, your comedy is great, but you got to take a course in marketing. Got to know how to market yourself. Absolutely. Because if you don't put asses in seats, you're not going anywhere. Ain't that the truth? Now, and I was stupid. You know, I, I didn't do that. I, you know, the 80s, everybody was coming to the clubs regardless. Right. And then in the 90s, you had to draw on your own. Right. But I went up into the mountains. I didn't, I, I started working the Borscheville. Yeah, you're up in the Catskills. Yeah, I was making big bucks up there with Freddie Roman and Mousy Lawrence and all those guys. And I, so I never really developed the following. And now it's like I, I couldn't fill a thimble. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. <laughs> now... So, but I, I just did a show in Fishkill with uh, 530 year olds and I kicked ass because I still have it. You know, yeah. I, I'm still an edgy. You know, I'm a, I'm 71, but I'm still edgy and I'm still fucking nuts. No, God bless that. That's a beautiful thing, as you should be. <laughs> now, what'd you think of a guy like Rodney Dangerfield or even the Three Stooges? Those are two of my all-time. I've got no respect, you know. <laughs> she was a two-bagger. I had to put a bag over her head and one over mine in case I was broke. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Rodney was a wacko. I mean, he. Some guys liked him. I just, me and him, just never got along. Really? What did you get? Yeah. What did you get into it over with him? I, I, I don't know. I worked this club for like two years, and he was just a strange dude, man. I almost got in a real. I don't even want to talk about it, but it was really bad. I got in a situation with Physical? him where, almost, yeah. Wow. Wasn't over. Almost. Wasn't over a girl, was it? No, I was being insulted. I was being insulted in front of my daughter. Oh, that's never because cool. he was being a real piece of work you know uh, especially for I, I was Italian, at the cafe roma like i was at the cafe roma with my kid and her little girlfriends and stuff you know yeah. and you know i he knows who i am i worked this club for like two years straight right. you know right and for shit money you know yep and um 
I just asked him to acknowledge my kid there and say hello, and he, he gave me a really hard time. I said, "What are you being such an asshole for?" Mm -hmm. And before you know it, we almost, we were almost chest to chest, you know. Wow. Maybe. So was, they asked me. To maybe leave. Was, was he drunk? I don't know. It's I don't know what his problem was, but he was just not. In, he was in a fucked up mood, I guess. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. These right. guys are all fucking crazy, anyway. What's your favorite Italian restaurant in the Bronx, Frank? Oh my God. It was a place. There was a place in Fornham Road, in Little Italy up there. Uh huh. The the, the Star. I forget the name of it. That was. We used to go up there when we were kids. You know. You ever, I don't think it's there. Did you ever eat at Dominic's on Arthur Avenue? Mm, no. no. Okay. All right. No. All right. Now, how do hey, you? You're trying. You know. I, I gave my best. <laughs> I tried. What about Dominic's? What about your uh? Uh, appearance in The Sopranos. How'd that come about? How'd that go? What was that cast like? That's a, that's well, a dream the, of mine. The, I wish I could have been on yeah. that show. Well, I went there and they, I was supposed to, I was auditioning for a scene where I sit in a chair and they, they're supposed to beat me with a, a, a telephone book, beat the crap out of me, you know? Okay. So I told, uh, I told the, uh, the, the casting director, who is Christopher Walken's, you know, wife, I forget her name. Okay. But Christopher Walken's wife was the casting director. They, they, and I told her, I said, look, I don't see this character, uh, you know, being a wimp. I see this character saying, like, fuck you. You're not getting shit out of me. I don't give a fuck what you do to me. Hit me up. Fuck you all. You're all going to die. You, so, you know, I, I started doing that to her, and she was impressed. So she said, that, well, we only have this one part, and you could try out for it. It's, uh, it's a newsman. And I said, a newsman? What the fuck? But I took it because you take anything you can. You oh, know? yeah, yeah. So I was a print newsman, and I was supposed to uh, ask Tony about his uncle when his uncle fell down the stairs looking at this broad at the city hall. Right. And he's in a gurney laying there. And uh, I asked Tony, I said, you know, how's your, how's your uncle doing? And he's like, who the hell are you? And I said, I'm with, I'm with the Post, you know. The Post? And he's like, and it's this whole dialogue goes back and forth where he wants to kill me. But some asshole in background you know the extras some asshole starts talking goes, yeah that's right so they go hold it hold it why, why are you talking why are you talking what man i thought i was helping him no 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 you, you don't talk he's the principal he does he does the dialogue we pay him right you're just background work you know and the fucking guy did it again so what? i don't know tony went over there uh um tony Tony James uh, Gandolfini. Yeah, James went over there and he's talking to the director, and that whole scene got cut out. No way. Yeah. So the only scene you see me is when the sister runs into the hospital. I'm standing behind her for like two seconds, and that was that's all you saw. Christ. But I still got the credits and everything, so yeah, you know, sure. I got a fat check. What yeah. work here? Yeah, the late great James Gandolfini. Now, yeah, but my friend Steve Sharipa was on that show. He played Bobby. He was uh, Bobby Junior's Bacala. Bodyguard. Yeah, Bobby yeah. Bacala. Yeah. That's your so buddy? Steve was a uh, booker at the, uh, uh, I forget the name of the fucking place out in Vegas. It oh, was a casino. Out out Vegas. Okay, very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Now, I was told I had to ask you about your flight to Jamaica. From what I hear, it's a great story. <laughs> well, if you go to Jamaica, take a non-smoking flight. <laughs> The worst thing is to be sitting in the plane and the captain goes out with a glaze in his eyes and goes, Hey, man, today we're going to go backwards. 
<laughs> Who wants to drive? I can't see shit. <laughs> that couldn't make you feel good. <laughs> yeah, and if you're walking on the beach, be careful because they're always trying to sell you something. You know, you want a woman? Nah, 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 nah. You want a goat? Hmm, a goat. Hmm, I could use a goat. Yeah. So. Oh Christ, Frank, man, you're the best. We appreciate you joining us on the mark. We will well, good love... luck with the uh, podcast. Thanks, you know? Frank. We're getting a lot of momentum. We got a lot of a lot of different stuff going on. A lot of different types yeah. of guests. And... I want to mention that uh, my website is frankiepace.com. Oh yeah. And they could see my videos. I played Frosty the Snowman. I got one where I did uh, for the Jimmy Fallon show. I played this. Kiss rocker. I saw that. That was very funny. Yes. Yes. How did that? Did you meet Jimmy? Yeah, he came out and shook my hand. Adam was there too. Adam Sandler came over and said hello. Okay. This this is the funny part. I go to the bathroom and I'm wearing this outfit with the leather. Martin Short comes in. He's in the urinal next to me, right? So I turn to him and go, hey, Martin, you're short. You should be taller. He goes, I know. I'm having trouble trying to reach the urinal. Oh, that's awesome. I um I was cracking up, man, because that outfit they put you in in that's in that skit was uh ridiculous to say the least. What what was it? You, know, you had a choker on, all leather. Yeah, all kinds of weird shit. Like a uh what the hell do they call that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know what I, they call it. I did it for the money, what the fuck? Yeah, right, yeah, I would have put it I would have put it on too, Frank. I don't blame you. <laughs> Miley Cyrus was there too. She was with the little minions walking around. Oh God! Did you say hello yeah. to her? Nah, 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 nah. I don't. I don't go. No. The only thing that really excited me was I got in the elevator near the end of the day. Really topped off the day was uh, getting in the elevator. This is Lauren Michaels, right? So I turned to Lauren. I say, "Hi, Lauren. I'm Frankie Pace. I did your show in 1984." And he's looking at me and he's going, well, "What'd you do?" I said, "I was a comedian." <laughs> He goes, he goes, uh, comedian, uh, you, you did the props, props, right? And he fucking remembered me. He goes, cool. you were the prop guy with the baby being born. And I says, yeah, it's, holy shit, he remembers. Good, good, he should, he should. Yeah. I'm going to remember you. You got to come back on the show sometime, please. All right. All right, Frank. All right, man, take care. All yourself. right, buddy, man, have a great one. Frankie Pace, man, that guy is a ball of energy, a lot to say because he lived he lived a life, man. He's in entertainment for decades at a time, rubbing elbows, sharing the stage with big names. Um, Benny, what'd you think? I mean, the guy's a ball of energy, frankly. Yeah, funny stories by him, man. And how could you not after decades of an industry that just produces entertainment, literally? Um, it it no was question. nonstop entertainment from that man. Because really, he's not, he is a comedian, but more than that, he's an entertainer. Those props, that whole thing takes it to the next level. And what I like about him is he is an old school kind of guy, which he referenced, and he still is youthful and still is up to date. He's not outdated. Like we were talking about current events, he had me laughing my ass off. I was just going to say, Marky, for 71, God, does that man still have it? I mean, he is still kicking with it, Marky, but hey, I'll attribute that to him staying away from that cocaine in the 80s, probably. Right. The blow, he didn't get messed up with the mush. That's right. He kept, he, he didn't turn his brains into mush. Stop with those fucking drugs. They're making your mind into mush. You hear me? He 
is a classic kind of New Yorker to me. He reminds me of like my uncle or he, he reminds me of a family member, I must say. I mean, just the way he talks, you, you know, you felt like you knew him forever. Yeah, really good guy. Good people, Mark. I'm glad we had him on. Absolutely. And he's the type of guy we, we could bring back because I'm always in the mood to laugh. You're always in the mood to laugh. We like to make our listeners laugh. And he's still got it. I could see that guy getting a little role in a show here and there and being a fan favorite. Absolutely. I mean, the guy, like I said, has had a wonderful career, and I think he knows he has. And he's really carved out a lifestyle for himself with it. And VIP listeners, I wonder if you guys raised some eyebrows when you heard this story about Rodney Dangerfield being rude to him in front of his daughter, denying an introduction to his daughter when they ran into each other out. I mean, how weird is that? Yeah, talk about no respect, man. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, absolutely no respect by Dangerfield. Boy, that's the story of my life. No respect. Talk about no respect. And I'm a Rodney guy, and I'm surprised to hear that in a sense. I didn't get that type of vibe from him. No, not at all. But at the same time, it doesn't seem like he's holding too many grudges about it or anything. It seems like, you know, it is what it is, and he's gotten past it, and he's moved past. Yeah, you know, who knows what that circumstance that day was for Dangerfield. You know, you never know. You know, that's why you don't look too deep into uh, those type of things. Yeah, speaking about Blow, Dangerfield had his nose in that bag constantly. Sure. Well, who were the famous 80s comedians that were notorious coke guys? I mean, of course, Chris Farley, even though that was 90s. Belushi. Belushi, of course. I mean, I would imagine Eddie Murphy was a part of that. Dangerfield was absolutely a huge cokehead. The way I heard how he got the role in Caddyshack was he went into the interview. They had already essentially decided who was going to have the role. He walked in, put a giant bag of coke on the table, started doing lines and telling them his ideas for the movie. Before you know it, he was the character in the movie. Yeah, see, that's that crazy Hollywood shit. I think, uh, well, I guess in the 80s when we had the Brat Pack... Robert Downey Jr. had a coke issue, didn't he? Absolutely. Um, who else? Benny, pull that up in our uh, in our on the mark database. Who else was a part of that brat pack along with Robert Downey Jr.? Well, Mark, you looking at our on the mark drug database. You know, Drew Barrymore had a problem. Robin Williams had a problem. Obviously, Whitney and Bobby Brown had a huge problem. Obviously, Whitney Houston. Ange- the late, great Whitney Houston. Angelina Jolie said, I went through d- heavy, dark times. I survived them. I didn't die young, so I'm very lucky. So, you know, she had a few problems. Not to mention Richard Pryor, the great Richard Pryor, obviously had his run-ins with Coke. Once again, the late, great Richard Pryor. How about Emilio Estevez? He was a Brat Pack guy. I want to say he was a Coke guy, too. I mean, brother Charlie Sheen definitely was. Absolutely, and don't forget Joaquin Phoenix's brother, River Phoenix, died of a cocaine and heroin overdose at just 23 years old. Yeah, I mean, that's some scary stuff. And Marky, one of your favorite guys, Tim Allen. Yes. Don't forget, was found drug trafficking with 650 grams of coke. A federal friggin' uh, indictment, wasn't it? Absolutely, as it should be. And here's the thing. Isn't it ironic? Tim Allen, this, like, borderline coke kingpin, 
is a mainstay in some of our favorite Christmas movies. It's hilarious. I mean, man. what was there? Five Santa Claus movies, and of course, Christmas with the Cranks. I know. He's on TV constantly on such a family holiday. Yeah, yeah, I know. And and yeah, Home Improvement was a family show. But I'm a huge Tim Allen guy. Huge. Underrated actor. Should be in more stuff. Should be a character actor in movies. Totally agree. All right, Benny. Now let's end this episode with this. I'm going to give my top five 80s movies, my Mount Rushmore of 80s movies, and then you'll rattle off yours. How's that sound? Sounds good. Let's do it, babe. All right. My top five favorite 80s movies. Number five, Platoon. Love a good war movie, Benny. Mm-hmm. Number four, Scarface. Long movie, but I fell in love with it the first time I saw it. Doesn't get much better than that, Benny. I'm a huge Pacino guy. You really rally around his character in that movie. The story of going from nothing to something. And then the fast decline in that type of environment, in that type of world. Number three, a movie that some of you guys may not have heard of. Starring Robert De Niro and Charles Grodin. Midnight Run. Movie's absolutely hilarious. In fact, Benny, I think I've mentioned it on this show before. Love that movie. It's a feel-good movie, but it's also a great story. You laugh, and you get just get into the adventure that De Niro and Grodin essentially find themselves on. Number two. The Pope of Greenwich Village. Pre-Mickey Rourke plastic surgery. Eric Roberts. Absolutely love that movie. You know, I can relate to that movie in some ways. Mickey Rourke in the restaurant business, but also doing his own thing, but a well-put-together kind of guy, classy guy. I try to style some of my game after Mickey Rourke in the Pope of Greenwich Village. And, of course, we all have that friend that reminds you of Eric Roberts. And uh, just a great movie, great 80s movie that not everybody has seen, shockingly. So if you haven't seen The Pope of Greenwich Village, that's a must. And my number one 80s movie, of course, the best sports movie ever made, the Martin Scorsese classic, Raging Bull. De Niro, Joe Pesci, Frank Vincent, the dialogue's through the roof. It's telling a true story. It's telling a real story about the great Jake LaMotta. It doesn't get much better than that movie, Benny. And that's my five, and I feel good about it. I could easily put Terminator on there. I could easily put The Breakfast Club on there, but those movies kind of mean something to me. Of course, I could have, you know, there's a laundry list of 80s movies. We love the 80s. Great music, great movies. We're 80s babies. So, Benny, go ahead. Your top five 80s movies. Yeah, it was a good list you had, Marky, but surprisingly, we didn't share a single movie on our list. My list starts off number five, Caddyshack. We had mentioned it a little earlier oh, in this yeah. episode, Marky. Oh, yeah. I absolutely love the movie. I mean, Rodney Dangerfield is hilarious in it, but really the whole movie in general. I just love the concept of them looking in at that golf course over the summer, these kids working as the caddies. It's just phenomenal. Chevy Chase, I try and live like Chevy Chase in that movie. I absolutely love the way his mind works in that movie. It's phenomenal. That's number five. Number four, I don't know if another movie embodies the 80s like this one does for me. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, Something about that movie just screams 80s, but yet I still love it. It's a little cliche, 
But it's just a really good movie, Marky. Always love Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Number three, Trading Places. One of my all-time favorite comedies, Philadelphia-based. I just, God, I love Eddie Murphy in that one. Dan Aykroyd is hysterical. It's absolutely an outrageously funny comedy. I'm sure most people have seen it, but God, if you haven't, Trading Places is an absolute must-to-see. Another one that when you watch it just feels like the 80s, but in a good nostalgic way. Number two, Ghostbusters. If anything said my childhood, it was Ghostbusters, man. Great logo they created for that movie, too. Unbelievable logo. Everything was perfect, down to the car. They got themselves an old firehouse. I wanted to live in an old firehouse so damn bad, Mark. Yeah, still kind of do. I wish I could be a Ghostbuster. Matter of fact, I need a Ghostbuster shirt with that logo on it. It's not hard to find. It's out there. I need that. Yeah, that's a must-have. Uh, Ghostbusters is just one of those all-time classic movies. If I could have one profession in this life, I would be a Ghostbuster. Mm-hmm. And my number one 80s movie, I don't know if anything is as good as Rocky Four. <laughs> I love it, Marky. I cannot eat that up enough. I know I might be a stupid American when I watch it, but God, I love it. Yeah, very patriotic. Oh, it's so good, very man. Very Philadelphia. Yeah, those training scenes are phenomenal. I will say, though, Rocky 1 and 2 were Philadelphia movies. Rocky 4 is an American movie. And while I love them all, God, Rocky 4, it just really strikes a chord with me, man. And I'll tell you what. Apollo Creed almost deserves to die. You think he would have realized not to take a fight <laughs> as a joke? You would think he would. Realize. Yeah, after you know he yeah. fought Rocky once, lost to Rocky a second time. It, it really, you think he would have learned his lesson? So you know, it's <laughs> it's kind of fitting that he gets his face caved in towards yeah, the beginning yeah. of that too. Uh, Apollo didn't uh, didn't think through that fight too well. No, but that's my five, Marky. I, I love those five movies. I could watch them any given day. Like I said, the 80s movies are the shit, man. I think even if that's not some of our VIP listeners' top five, even if those movies didn't make your top five, you'd at least like some of those movies. And if you don't, you need to get your brains checked. Absolutely. And I'll tell you what, Vegas paid out on the fact that Spielberg didn't pick any Spielberg movies. Yeah, well, Spielberg hit the bigger bombs in the 90s, the bigger home box office home runs. But uh, I guess Terminator Spielberg, right? Terminator, E.T. E. Is yeah, sure. He has a lot of them, man. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Lost Ark, sure. He's got some of his yeah. best works there. Yeah, no, you're right, you're right. But, hey, we got the best Spielberg in the business. I'll tell you that right now, folks. So, gang, I hope you enjoyed Frankie Pace, or as you would say in Italian, Frankie Pace. He was tremendous. A uh, ball of energy, that guy. And Benny, I enjoy doing this show with you, man. Anytime we get a chance to talk 80s, talk comedy, that's our uh, hot zone. We enjoy it thoroughly. Hope all our VIP listeners did as well. And I got to just leave you with this. Who Framed Roger Rabbit is my asterisk. I didn't want to include any cartoons on my top five, but that is in there. That's a major 80s movie for me. Uh, guys, it's going to be fun. We got a lot lined up for 2018. We're going to take you hot into the summer. We're going to make this summer hot for you. But we're going to help you finish off the uh, winter the right way. We're bringing you all that good, cheap, free entertainment that On The Mark delivers. We do this for our VIP listeners. Guys, I love yous. Stay strong. Keep up the good fight out there. And until next time.
on the mark. Loyal VIP listeners, we have a special phone call to take. Marquee Mark has been out in sunny, gorgeous Florida for the last few days, and he's called in to give a little update and give a little message to our listeners. Benny, thank you for that. Uh, Man, you know, the shit has hit the fan the last few days, man. From hospital beds to projectile vomiting at Philadelphia International Airport to laying comatose on a plane on my way down to Florida. It's been uh, it's been a little more outrageous than I had anticipated my 30th birthday to be for certain. I made it out though. I bounced back quickly and been having a great time down here. It really gets you excited for the summer. You know, I love Florida. Uh, seeing some friends and family down here, a little bit of golf, some good eating, sitting by the pool, on the beach, a little bit of everything. It's been a great time. A lot of pina coladas. You know, I'm not going to lie. It, it was tough. I mean, Benny, when you, you violently throw up like I was throwing up, it takes a lot out of your body. It taxes your body, man. And... You know, I've been in a hungover state, but a productive hungover state, if that makes any sense. And Miami is just a special place. The scene at the Fountain Blue was very interesting yesterday. Ironically, ran into a couple of listeners and a good amount of, you know, celebrities were there. Rams running back Todd Gurley was there. Jets receiver and Temple alum Robbie Anderson was there. Uh, there was a lot of uh, a lot of NFL guys, some you know socialite type people. That dude from the Kardashians, Jonathan uh, Chibon, whatever the hell his name is. I think that's what Kim's friend. But uh, it was a good scene, man, and just keeping the party going. Why not, Benny? Right? When I when we get back in studio, that's where a lot of the hard work will happen. But the connections that are being made down here for future guests and future joint venture marketing promotions, it's very exciting stuff, man. And, uh, you know, with all that being said, I'm looking forward to getting back to Philly and uh, putting in some work and... Uh, you know, getting back into a comfort zone. When I take these trips, like I'm, I'm on go mode. It's a constant in- adventure. So that's it for me, folks, from sunny Florida. I will be back later this week. Look forward to seeing everybody. The bottom line is this: I survived my 30th. It wasn't anything drastic. When things like that happen, we don't let them set us back. We just keep moving forward. That, that, that's that, that, that's not even categorized as a setback, man. That's just a little speed bump. That, uh, they need to do a whole hell of a lot better than that to try to kill Superman. So, folks, I will talk to you soon. Over and out.